Hello, and welcome to Relational Parents, where we get off autopilot and give thoughtful attention to how we interact with our children and relate to ourselves so that you can show up to parent as the best version of yourself with a lot more joy and ease. I'm your host, Teresa Puckett, and I'm thrilled that you're here. All right, today we're going to be talking about all in good time. Do you remember that line that the Wicked Witch of the West said to Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz? I love that line, all in good time. And there's three pieces to this. There there actually are books written on different pieces of this. So I'm just going to serve it up to you in a, a little uh, a little appetizer size today. Number one, we're going to talk about our best intentions. And from there, I'm going to share with you, number two, some key nuggets on brain development. And then number three, probably my favorite, talk a little bit about the language that we as adults and parents have forgotten. So look, we all have the very best intentions for our kids. I know that, you know that. And I just want to recognize us as parents. I don't know how old you are, but I can remember vividly a time before remote controls, like before video games. I know I'm dating myself. I had a big birthday, I just turned 50. So, you know, you you may be younger, you may be older, but the point really is not how old we are. The point is every single one of us knows and really feels that the pace of change has accelerated. Things are changing. We cannot, there's no way that one person can keep up with everything. It's it's just impossible. As if, you know, maybe it never was possible, but it didn't seem as out of reach. Things moved slower um, back in the day. And, and you know, back in the day that, uh, of, of our ancestors, things just moved a lot slower. So they're moving really fast. And I hear, I hear parents saying things like, oh my gosh, I need to explain the world to my baby girl. I need to prepare my son for the future. And, and we put a lot on ourselves. So that combined with the pace of change and how we notice things, we, we start to look for external authorities and we start to look for um, for people who have the answers, who will tell us exactly how to navigate this. And the messages that we hear from the people that we talk to and the, the digital media, everything that we hear is that faster is better, sooner is better, and more is definitely better. No matter if we're talking about toys, books, sports, or, you know, SAT tests and and college applications, faster, sooner, more 
it's all better. And it's difficult for us when we spend, if, if you spend a chunk of your day with any adults, regardless of whether it's at, uh, at work, at your business, um, you're volunteering or you're a caregiver, we're spending time with other adults who are generally, to some extent, internalizing that same message. And the thing is, there are, are very important things in nature that just cannot be rushed. The pace cannot change. And that um, brings me to these key nuggets, number two, key nuggets on brain development. Now, I am not a neurobiologist. I'm not a physician. So I do a lot of reading and I I am a trained Montessori teacher. I got that training back when, um, back when my second son was born. So that training is 15 years old. Um, but when I was doing my training and a lot of the reading that I've done really, really talks about there are different stages that a child goes through where they are wired for learning different things and the brain is developing, different parts of the brain are developing. Um, I'm going to take you through three parts of the brain and just illuminate a little bit. This is not a course in neurobiology. Don't be scared. (laughs) Um, But the three parts of the brain I'm going to talk about are the emotional brain, the thinking brain, and the part of the brain that has to do with executive function. So first, the emotional brain. Now that is the part of the brain that has to do with connecting with someone else, with empathy, with really having a a strong sense for what a person outside of you is feeling. And our kids' emotional brains start developing really fast by the time that they're two. Between the time that they're two and the time that they're 11, that's the high growth period for the emotional brain. Okay, so your toddler is already starting to develop some empathy. The thinking brain, that's the part of the brain that really wires us for communication and collaboration, a number of other things, but those are two of the big ones. That, that part of the brain is, is somewhat developed um, by the time we're 11, but really the most intensive growth period for the thinking brain starts when we're 11. That's about fifth grade. And I just look back and I think, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have any group projects before I was in fifth grade. And actually I, I went to school in a bit of a different time. I didn't have group projects until, um, more like eighth grade or high school, but, but you know, that, that makes sense, right? You don't have tons of group projects when kids are so little because their um, their collaboration skills and communication skills, they're not really entering into that high growth period. It's not, uh, it doesn't make sense. Third, executive function. Now, 
there's a lot that is uh, is talked about around executive function and uh, executive dysfunction. But uh, two of the big functionalities of that part of the brain are time management, help us with time management skills and strategy and planning. And this I find very, very interesting as the mother of two teenage sons, that the executive function part of the brain doesn't really go into a major development phase until they hit 15. So between 15 and on average 25 years old is when the executive function part of our brain is finished developing. Now, um, that can be a little bit earlier for girls, a little bit later for boys, but on average 25. So somewhere between 21 and 30 is when that part of the brain is finished developing. Now, I'm not going to draw a, a whole lot of massive conclusions for you here, but I, I wanted to drop those nuggets. And then for me, as I was reflecting, I thought, you know, this is why you know, the, the more, better, faster, we can't take that to an extreme. Like a, an eight month old is never going to learn how to ride a bicycle. Like we know this, like physically we get this kind of thing where we get into trouble though, is when we as adults assume that our children have really all the mental capabilities. They might not know everything we know, but they have all the the wiring that we have. And so when we expect a two-year-old to be able to share a toy, or when we expect to be able to reason with our three-year-old or four-year-old, it's not realistic. They are not, their brains are not wired to take in those concepts and really embrace those concepts yet. So I, I just think we can really benefit by tuning a little bit more into where they are, which brings me to the third point and the third uh, mini discussion I wanted to have with you today was the language that we have forgotten. It's a language that our kids basically are born knowing and they know it so well until, you know, we uh, as a society uh, tend to dampen their skills in this language. And the language is energy. Babies do not understand our words, right? They understand our energy. Part of that is our tone. Certainly when we're speaking, it's our tone, but they understand it even more than that. The vibration that we're giving off, they understand if we are angry versus if we're totally at peace and just very content, even without our need to say a word or make a sound. So the better that we get at reading energy, the more we'll be able to communicate with our children, certainly our young children, but actually even our older children. Now they might not be the same readers of energy that they were when they were two. Um, And that's fine. It doesn't matter. They've developed other skills. It's like if you, um, 
if you lose your sight temporarily or permanently, your other senses are going to heighten and and build and get more sensitive. So they've developed other skills. They may not be as sensitive in reading energy. That's okay. But if we can learn how to tune into their energy and get outside of ourselves a little bit with that, that will take us a long way in building relationships with them and understanding their world. The thing is, to do that, we have to get out of our own heads. We need to slow down. And that's not uh, that's not a, a, an easy thing to do. It's certainly not things that generally happen unconsciously or automatically in our world. We really have to take time to slow down and and cultivate that ability so that we can meet them where they are developmentally and then also emotionally. Here's the thing, if we don't slow down and if we don't get in better sync with where they are developmentally, what we're doing by perpetuating this faster, more, better cycle is that we're, we're communicating a lot of expectations that they're just not ready to meet. Developmentally, they can't meet them. And if we're communicating that they're missing the bar then they might be internalizing that, you know, they're not meeting our expectations. Oh my goodness. What if, what if mommy doesn't love me as much because I'm not doing whatever it is, X, Y, Z, because I can't do it. And they might not be having these thoughts consciously. They might be unconscious. We love our kids. I love my kids. I know you love your kids. So the more we can communicate our unconditional love of them, the more certainty and security we're going to provide for them. And then that is a great foundation for them to build on, for them to grow on top of that great foundation. So today, I know that was a lot. Today we talked about all in good time. Um, it was what are our best intentions, our key nuggets on brain development, and the language that we've forgotten. So I'll just leave you with this. When we take ownership of observing where they are and getting to know them better than anyone else, we build a foundation for a relationship that's going to be strong enough to meet whatever comes our way. Until next time, be well. Would you like to interact with other like-minded parents? Maybe ask them or me a question about your child? If so, join the growing community of relational parents at facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash relational parents.